we got a lot to get to today, and a lot of it's just come down in the last five or six minutes or so. And we got to start with Cam, guy who is a your resident, what, Duke basketball, Kentucky, Kentucky basketball, excuse me, Kentucky basketball, uh, Los Angeles Lakers basketball, Atlanta Falcons, and what I thought was Georgia football. <laughs> Fan, but we as as we sit here today, opening up this Super Bowl Monday, Cam Urshry wearing the loudest Tennessee shirt I have ever seen in my life. And so, what I'm curious about is, Cam, have you officially entered the fan transfer portal? Listen now, before you answer, because I know you don't want to make the fans upset out there, and we're in a predominantly Georgia fan area. Just because you enter the portal doesn't mean you're leaving. Yeah, so you can enter it as a Georgia fan. And listen, Georgia's had a lot of players uh, off this championship team enter the transfer portal uh, and move on to different opportunities. Sometimes you have to do what's best for you. So my, my question is this, Cam, as, as you're wearing this Tennessee hoodie, ha- have you entered the transfer portal? And if you have, do you have a top five? Have you created a graphic? Uh, have you been on any visits yet? I, mean, I, it, I am not Jermaine Burton. I'm not leaving. <laughs> I'm not leaving after we win a national championship. No, well, never, no. never say never. So what I want to do is, if you're listening out there and you're a fan of a school besides Georgia, or if you're a Georgia fan uh, and you want to <laughs> keep Cam around, nine one two three four two seven one eight four. I need to hear pitches. I need to hear nil offers uh, for Cam's fandom. Now, if you have offers, okay, there <laughs> it is. <laughs> so your, lo- your loyalty can be bought. Absolutely. Money can swing a dude. PJ, I, PJ, how much money would it take for you to not root for Penn State anymore? Uh, that Why? No. That's Number not doesn't happen. exist? Yeah, I don't, I don't, just to um, not root for them? If I just them? say, you know, give you a million dollars, you can't root for them for the next five years. No, no, no. no this is for life. Oh, for life? Hey, I'm still taking the money. It's like born like, and wait, raised wait, so I'll give you a million dollars, you're not rooting for Georgia anymore. I don't know if a million could do it. Because I do love Georgia. He just Georgia. threw out a million, though. Yeah, I, I, okay. I did throw right. it out. That's the but now point. he's like, he well, have, I don't know about yeah, me. Yeah, no, I don't know of a million because I am a huge Georgia fan. But, I mean, it's a money. Money can sway it, brother, was, if you if you if born you and raised the right in the Happy Valley. Not $1 million is going to take me away from that. Money, by the way, is is always less than What if somebody, offers you, what if somebody offers you $5 million and on the same day the news comes out that James Franklin has signed a lifetime contract? Go pit. What? <laughs> oh man, five, yeah, five million dollars. <laughs> what do you mean? I've always been a pit fan. Go Panthers! <laughs> I did. That's what they pit, are, right? I wore a pit hoodie. Uh, what was it? Friday, Thursday. I mean, I'm just wearing stuff, man. I mean, I think it's cool. The swag is a little dope, so I'm just wearing stuff. That's it. I'll say it was bad enough with the ten year contract or earlier this. I had to rethink some things this off season already. So. Put $5 million on that. It's, uh, probably. Oh, you had to rethink things. Ah, see? Now you worried about me. Not PJ really. could definitely look, be look, That's an exaggeration. All I'm saying is no way that man should have got 10 years. All I know is some people are born loyal and some people can be bought. And <laughs> as we're sitting here right now, it is coming to my attention that both of my co-hosts can be bought. Uh, the other thing we have to talk about. It's all just a funny conversation, man. It's not, is it funny? Is it funny? Because you're in here wearing an Alabama shirt. That's and not at all. If anything, this is a Florida State shirt. Tell me that. Look, no, that's, like that's Alabama. Nah, that's it's, Alabama. It's, it's Cam, like, Cam, like, Cam, tell me like that doesn't look like Crimson. Nah, that's Alabama. Yeah. I, thought, I thought it had a big A on the t-shirt. Yeah, I'm yeah. like, hold on. I Cam, know y'all t- know okay. Tell me that doesn't look like an Alabama uniform from like 1899. 
Oh yeah, when they had like little leather helmets and stuff. No, see, yeah. this yeah. is the thing, and then it would have actually like had a design on it. That, everyone was like, like Alabama has never had th- this much design on their jersey. <laughs> Not even look back then. There's no way. back when they wore leather helmets, and everyone looked like PJ. You remember in like <laughs> yeah, football no, team, God. like all the DBs, um, like, yes, the running backs. Yeah, that, that's insanely true. Sadly, right. um, yeah, l- luckily we're not in that time uh, anymore. Uh, you remember back in like 2008, 2009, when, when Alabama wore Nike had like the Nike Pro Combat whatever uniforms, mm-hmm. and they had Alabama came out with one, and all it changed was like they, they had like the Bear Bryant design like in the stripes or something like okay, that. Okay, so was, like yeah, was, no, I remember this. And it they was had the... like an American flag, and Nick Saban went insane. Yeah, it was like the <laughs> it was like down the pants. It was like the stripe kind of faded into. Faded like into yeah. the uniform, but then on the helmet it had the it had the houndstooth. Yeah, it's like, a little yeah, bit of houndstooth on it, and then they had the American flag. That was right. it. That the year LSU had like the purple jerseys with like the stripe going down the helmet in the middle. Or was oh, they still have those. The oh, they still have those, and they had like the gold helmets. They got this. They, got they did. They they had that year. They had like the all purples with like the like not the yellow gold, like the gold gold. gold, gold. Okay, yeah. those were yeah. clean. Okay. Yeah, yeah. But I, it was just funny, like talking about Alabama's uniforms, just. Brought up that memory of Nick Saban being like that. Yeah, well, I don't know who. Yeah, they haven't. This, they this haven't is, worn anything. This is never going to happen again. <laughs> haven't worn anything different since. Other thing we got to talk about. I don't know if you guys are listening to Three and Out on Friday, but they had a caller in the final hour, and this is the kind of creativity and musical inspiration that mm. I ask all of our listeners to aspire to. Uh, I want to bring this up because there's a few different things in here. Number one, the the lyrics are extremely creative, uh, and I appreciate this caller calling in to deliver these to us on the air. But the second thing is Kevin doesn't know how to handle things that like come out of left field, right? Where he's just, he gets so locked in on show host, which is we got more to come coming up in the next hour. Uh, we got to talk to so-and-so and so-and-so and so-and-so. And so if you break that up, he doesn't know how to like re-engage is just having a conversation. He's locked in <laughs> as show host, yeah. right? He, he's, he drops all like the, the radio vernacular, like we're up against it and stuff like that instead of just having a conversation with someone. So I want you to listen to a couple things. Number one, the song, but number two, listen to the beginning and the end of this, just how nerdy Kevin is, I think is the best way to put this out there. So this is from three and out on Friday. And I thought it was just, just absolutely wonderful. Kelly Russo in Savannah, Georgia. Hey, man, how are you doing? Uh, good. I read this at the quarterback club. We had uh, some guest speakers the other night. Frank Beamer was our guest speaker. And anyway, uh, since Georgia won a national championship, give me give me just a minute, and I'm going to read a, a great little ditty to you, okay? Uh, okay. Make it quick. We do have to step aside for, for a break here in just a minute. Go ahead, though, quickly. Okay. <laughs> quick, okay. This is – well, you can pack picture the uh, – and when the devil went down to Georgia, but this was Alabama, okay? Okay. Alabama went down to Georgia. They were looking for a title of steel. They went a bind, Saban losing his mind. Bulldogs hungry for their next meal. Nick came across this young man throwing the football and looking real hot. Oh, Saban jumped up on a hickory stump and said, boy, let me tell you what. I guess you didn't know it, but I got football players too. And if you care to make a dare, I'll make a bet with you. Now you play some good football, boy, but give old Nick his due. I got championships coming out of my ears, and I think we're better than you. Boy said my name is Stetson, and it may be a sin, but I'll take you a bet, and you're going to regret. Georgia's the best they've ever been. Stetson, you power up them dogs and throw the football hard. All hell broke loose in Georgia, and our defense deals the cards. And when you win, you get this shiny trophy made of gold. But if you lose, old Saban takes your soul. 
Onicki opens up the game and said, Bama's time to show. His offense took the field, but Georgia's defense wouldn't let go. He called the plays one after another and thought the Bulldogs' D would fail. But the Dogs' defense just backed them up and put them on their tail. When old Saban finished that and said, you're pretty good, old son, but sit right there on your bench and watch how the Dogs get it done. Fire in the backfield, run, boys, run, passing through the air to get things done. Intercepting Mr. Heisman's pass to start the front. Oh, Nick, he bowed his head because he knew he'd been beat, and he laid that golden trophy on the ground at Stetson's feet. Now, Bennett said, Nick, if you ever want to come back and try again, I done told you once, you son of a gun, the dog's the best they've ever been. Beautiful. Hey, you are, that is Charlie Daniels would have been proud of that. Hey, we appreciate you laying that on us. That was awesome. All right, so a few things there. Number one, Charlie Russo, you're a hero. That was unbelievable. Number two, Cam, you've never heard the devil went down to Georgia. Absolutely not. <laughs> Where were you born? Where was I born? Where were you born? Decatur. Decatur what? Georgia. You are how old? Mm-hmm. Uh, 15. You No, you are how old right now? <laughs> no, 23. In your 23, have you ever lived outside of the state of Georgia in your 23 years? Outside the state, no. Close to, but no. And with that, you've never heard the devil went down to Georgia in your 23 years of life? No. Absolutely not. <laughs> PJ, you're from Pennsylvania. I was singing in Pennsylvania. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> I was believing. When when my dad was like, yeah, I got a job. It's down here. We're, we're going to move to Georgia. I was like, what? Where the devil is? What do you mean? Yeah. Like, literally. No, that's where the devil got beat, PJ. Come on now. That's true. Yeah, I don't know. Okay. We got um, that shiny fiddle made of gold. That's very true. That's very true. That's a good point. What's hilarious, like, I know you have more points. Well, yeah, Kevin's so I, my, I, my I, final point. Yeah, I kind of want to. <laughs> but at the same time, I will say, like, I was here when like, when that happened. Um, I, w- I was still here, and I was in the production studio. And I think we all know, all of us who have heard the non-radio version of that song yeah. know kind of what's said oh, so there you at bra- the end. You were so bracing I'm at the there, end. I'm sitting there like, and I think Kevin was doing the same thing. He was enjoying it. but Let me but, explain to Cam real quick. At the end, he <laughs> says, Devil, you come on back if you ever want to try again. I told you once, you son of a, I'm the best there's ever yeah. been. And yeah. so PJ's sitting there in the end, like, and like, he's like, oh, is this guy about to dude, drop get ready, it on us? Get ready for that break button, the mute. I like, I, I don't, because there's no way to... There's no way to stop it, really. I mean, he was so fired up. Like, he, it was kind of like an avalanche. Yeah, he like yeah. started getting faster and faster and faster so, at the end. Exactly. And Can't, I wouldn't have been like, I mean, you get into the rhythm and yeah. you've heard the song a million times. So like, I wouldn't have been surprised at the end of the day. But uh, kudos to him as well for keeping it radio point, friendly. Cam at one point during that looked at me and goes, "Is this cat in the hat?" Yeah, I'm like, he's over here like talking as if he's cat in the hat. Got some some Doctor like, Seuss poetry coming out yes. of here. I'm like, what is he talking about? I I genuinely have never heard it. Honestly, though, if never. you like take Green Eggs and Ham or whatever, yeah. like if you put that in a book, I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. Okay, so so Kevin, um, <laughs> and y'all know I love Kevin. I don't. I I think there are or there's nothing pure on this earth. Maybe like the bond between a newborn child and their mother is the only thing that I can think is more pure than the sound of, like, Kevin's laughter. When, especially when he's not expecting the laugher. Right. Like, yeah, no, yeah, when yeah. Kevin laugh, laughs, it angels appear, and it's it's a truly magical sound. But Kevin also <laughs> maybe the most, I guess, dad is the best way to describe him of all time. It's because it's just... It's kind of goofy. So I remember yeah. we played, uh, we played. Yeah. I think Ludacris uh, and maybe Ti, but I know Ludacris for sure had written a 
theme song for the Falcons following their Super Bowl year, right? And so it's like we played this before the season. We played on a show, and it ends. And again, this is ludicrous rapping about the Atlanta Falcons prior to the season. And God, I hope I can find this audio. Uh, it, it, we we play this song, and it gets to the end of it, and go back to Kevin. He goes, "Well, there you go." <laughs> hey, I really thought it was Cat in the Hat. Like I'm over here, like is he resigned? Like Cat in the Hat trying to no, rhyme? No, he is. I didn't know. He is like, dropping a Dogs National Championship parody of "Devil Went Down to Georgia" on you, amen. comparing Nick Saban Georgia or wins, placing Nick Saban in what? the role of the devil. He was born on October 31st. Damn, Camp's dropping facts on us, or PJ's dropping facts on us. I'm, right I'm just so, like, just, those are, oh, he I was mean, it is what it is, right? I don't do saving like yeah. that, <laughs> No, nah, I'm just kidding. You know, like, he's been haunting us. I'm just kidding. Don't do but that like is that. A, it's, yeah, a, it's curse, a fun though. fact. It's pretty fun. But that being said, we do have some real sports to talk about here on the show today. When we come back, we're going to catch up with Clay Helton, uh, head football coach at Georgia Southern. He's going to join the show, break down that 2022 recruiting class, also preview the spring game coming up on April 23rd, and maybe we'll get a Super Bowl uh, prediction from old Coach Helton as well. I, I promise we, we won't have him try to do any Charlie Daniels. That that I can guarantee. So we'll catch up with Clay Helton when we come back. Also going to talk some Super Bowl a little bit later in the show as well. This is ESPN Radio. We'll be right back after this. To you by the uniform source. Big changes at Georgia Southern this past offseason as Clay Helton takes over as the head football coach for the Eagles. And then obviously a huge signing day for him, that's just passed. As, uh, they signed a majority of their guys back in December, uh, but able to bring in some transfers since then and really kind of start to reshape this Georgia Southern team as they move away from the flex bone triple option and more towards the future, I guess we'll call it under the Clay Helton administration, where they're going to be slinging that ball all over the field. I don't know if you, you watched the Senior Bowl at all uh, this past weekend, but Bailey Zappi, former Western Kentucky uh, quarterback, set all kinds of records in the FBS, most passing yards ever. Uh, in the FPS, Brian Ellis, his former quarterback coach slash co-offensive coordinator, is now the offensive coordinator for Georgia Southern. And so we're going to see a lot of changes. So earlier today, we had a chance to sit down with the head football coach of the Georgia Southern Eagles, Clay Helton, uh, to break down what this class looks like and preview the spring game coming up on April 23rd. Welcome back into ESPN Radio. Christian Gokel, glad to have you hanging out with us here on this Monday afternoon. Got a whole lot more to get to today, but really excited to talk to our next guest, the head football coach for your Georgia Southern Eagles, Clay Hilton. Coach, first time uh, coming on the show with me here, man. I appreciate it. Hopefully uh, the first of many. Thanks for having me, Christian. Hey, Coach, you guys wrapping up a busy signing period, and obviously signing day, just the beginning of a long signing period all the way up until fall camp starts there. But uh, just your over-the-top impressions of this signing class. I know coming in, uh, you kind of had an advantage over some of the other first-year coaches because of how early you were able to come in here, but just give us that that overarching view of this class. Yeah, just like you said, I, I thought that Jared Benko's uh, proactiveness in, in his decision in hiring and giving us the opportunity to come in in November, really um, having the opportunity to see uh, our, our current team, see what the needs are, uh, and be able to jumpstart some recruiting, to be able to have those 30 to 45 days uh, were extremely helpful. And, and you look up in December signing class, uh, and we signed 20 kids. Now we're able to add six more 
uh, six more to this class uh, in February. Uh, still have some opportunities that are still left out there, you know, with the new NCAA rule of the plus seven due to transfers and attrition. Uh, so really, uh, really am pleased with this class. Very balanced class, 13 offense and 13 defensive players. Uh, we stay true to uh, the development of our young people, uh, you know, basically really focusing on on high school players, especially uh, in the state of Georgia. I think 19 of our 22 uh, freshmen are from the state of from the state of Georgia, uh, brought in some valuable transfer needs uh, that uh, we really feel uh, for transfers that will come in and be able to help us immediately. Uh, so uh, a class that we're really proud of, you know, it was a short period of time. It wasn't your true yeah. yearly uh, a yearly recruiting cycle, but to be able to come in here and address some immediate needs for, for next year's class uh, was very important. Yeah, I remember uh, after your opening press conference where you were introduced immediately out on the practice field watching those guys practice, kind of evaluating. When you guys looked at the roster you had, what were some of the positions of need that you feel like you needed to address in this class? Yeah, well, obviously, when when you're changing systems, uh, we we looked at you know two positions offensively. You know, we we decided to. Uh, broaden the quarterback room. Uh, obviously, uh, we have two good quarterbacks in that room with Cam and Connor, but wanted to bring in um, two rookies as well as an older uh, an older player. So, you know, we were able to go out and get uh, Kyle uh, from Buffalo and uh, really do uh, bring him in, a guy that, you know, has been a three-year starter uh, and has tremendous amount of talent. And then, you know, you go out and get Zach Rosman and David Dallas uh, to uh, uh, to Georgia quarterback prospects that we feel like have immense talent, and you've really strengthened that room. Um, we also felt like we wanted to broaden the wide receiver room. Uh, obviously, going to be a more balanced offense. It's one of the reasons that uh, you look up, and we we signed five receivers uh, in this class, uh, four four rookies and one older uh, older player in Jeremy Singleton. Uh, but excited uh, about uh, you know the addition of the skill to the offensive side. And coach, you look at what Brian Ellis has been able to do, your offensive coordinator, what he was able to do at Western Kentucky. I mean, Bailey Zappi, his, his former quarterback, lighting it up down there at the Senior Bowl, setting all kinds of records this past year. It's, it's kind of a flip in mindset, I'm sure, for a lot of Georgia Southern fans. But you mentioned those quarterbacks there. Uh, how competitive do you think that room's going to be this spring? Oh, ultra competitive and really appreciative of the kids that are here. You know, one of the things that I've, I've seen immediately, and it's a sign of good players, is they don't fear competition. They don't care who's in the room. They just want to be have the opportunity to compete. And, you know, and not, not only with Cam and Connor, but the three new additions that, that we put in the room, you know, they all just want the opportunity to compete uh, and, and are excited about the system that Coach Ellis brings to the table. Why wouldn't you be? Right. <laughs> Number one passing offense in the country, uh, you know, that threw for more yards and more touchdowns in the history of the game. Um, so, you know, I know they're excited about it. What we're excited about also, you know, just as a coaching staff, you know, is the ability to be a more balanced offense. And, you know, when you bring a, a, a J.D. King back and you bring a, a Gerald Green and, and a Jalen White and then additions of Amari Arnold and Terrence Gibbs to that running back room also, you're talking about a tremendous one-two punch uh, to be able to not only have a great passing game, but have a highly effective running game. That's been the staple uh, of what Georgia Southern football has been about. 
Hey, Coach, uh, you mentioned Terrence Gibbs there. I don't know how much stock you put into stars there, but the, per the metrics of 247 arrivals, one of the highest rated, if not the highest rated recruit Georgia Southern has ever pulled in. And this is the school of Adrian Peterson and Jarek McKinnon and those guys and Matt Breida. What kind of back did you get in Gibbs? Well, I, you know, obviously when we signed Amari Arnold, we had the lightning portion okay. of the run right. through. And here came Terrence Gibbs as the thunder. You know, a big back that's already over 200 pounds, probably going to be a 215, 220-pound man before it's all said and done. Uh, and you look how talented uh, the young man is. Uh, I mean, one of the probably the top three backs going into his junior year suffers an injury, back healthy now. Uh, and, and really, you know, I think that foundation of, of the tradition of excellence that is the running back position at Georgia Southern really caught the eye of Amari and Terrence. And having both those kids here is really provides us a great one-two punch, not only immediately, but for the future also. Coach, defensively, uh, obviously the Sun Belt, a smash mouth kind of league. You have Louisiana in the style of offense. They like to run App State, uh, Coastal Carolina with their option. It's a lot of big boy football up front. Defensively, uh, how do you guys feel like you address some of the needs on that side of the ball? Yeah, you talk about big boys, and we went out and got three interior players that I'm really excited about. You know, losing C.J. Wright to the NFL, which, you know, we want each and every year to our players to have that opportunity to move on to the NFL. You know, we really felt we wanted to help our interior, so we were able to go get uh, a great transfer product in Christian Varner, but also two interior prospects uh, in Kai Teo, uh, as well as Latrell Bullard. That are There's three 300-pounders right there that are going to help the interior. You you add uh, El Hodge Fall, uh, and you're talking about some really unique talent on that defensive front. So it was something that we wanted to address, and uh, I you know I thought that uh, Will Harris uh, and Rip Rowan did an amazing job uh, along with our recruiting team to go out and get those kids. And coach, the spring game coming up on April 23rd. I know I've heard a lot of call to actions from other coaches when this comes around, because not just an event to see the upcoming team, but really a huge recruiting weekend for you guys. How important is it for you to, as we say, pack Paulson coming up on April 23rd? Well, I, I think we have one of the more unique college football environments there are in the country. Uh, even, you know, when I was here for the BYU game that Saturday, beautiful fall Saturday, you see how special Statesboro, Georgia is uh, on a game day. And, you know, to be able to have, you know, our spring practices on Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Saturdays starting March 22nd, going all the way through April 23rd, we're using those Saturdays for having the opportunities for young men to be able to come on campus and see how special this place at and that spring game is a culmination of five weeks of work uh, again with our fans there where recruits can come out and be able to see wow this is a special place a special community where football just means more to them and coach clay helton kind enough to take some time with us here on this monday afternoon coach before we let you get out of here you're a football guy i know it uh nfl we had this we have the super bowl coming up but i think before that have you ever seen a divisional round better than what we saw with like the Rams and the Buccaneers? And just it was like it was two straight days of just football bliss. Uh, I'm going to tell you, I, I was like a sixth grader all over. <laughs> so one of the best playoff games that I can possibly remember coming down. So exciting. And the and I'm a quarterback coach by oh, yeah. trade. Some of the best quarterback play maybe in the history of our game over a two week period of time uh, that these guys have done. Can't wait to watch the Super Bowl this Sunday.
And Coach, before I let you get out of here, Joe Burrow, I've been, I've been putting this out there. It's just there's some things intrinsically in people, and he just seems like he's a winner. Has never lost a playoff game going back to college, and I, I don't know how to put my finger on it. Obviously, he has an arm. He's, he's very talented with his feet, uh, very accurate. But what is it about Joe Burrow where he comes on your team and all of a sudden you're winning? Well, I've always thought great quarterbacks give hope. And every time that Joe steps on the field, he gives whatever team he's on great hope. And you've seen it not only in college now, but also in the NFL. Uh, and it, to walk into opposing stadiums like he has over the past two weeks and do what he has done, and, and more importantly, lift his team up uh, to a, an elite high standard. Uh, watch out for him in the Super Bowl. It's going to be a great one. You got a prediction for us? Uh, I, I tell you what, at being in L.A. Uh, and, and the aura around Matthew Stafford, uh, just uh, I know that that's a, it's an important game for a lot of a lot of those guys on that team haven't been in L.A. the last 12 years. Uh, you know, I, I think the Rams by that much, it's going to be a heck of a football game. Clay Helton, kind enough to join us here. Georgia Southern has their spring game set for April 23rd. Make sure you get out there and pack Paulson because it's going to be a show with that new offense and the new quarterbacks and running backs they got out there in Statesboro. Coach, I appreciate the time, man. Enjoy the rest of your Monday. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks, Christian. Hail Southern. Again, that was Clay Helton there joining us on second down, breaking down that 2022 class. we got more to come here on second down. We will be right back after this. You want to talk about it, Cam? Nah. That's some Tennessee-level execution. It is. It is. We're looking for Georgia-level <laughs> execution. Maybe this is why you're in the transfer portal. Nah, I'm not in the transfer portal, man. Just showing, you know, a little support. Maybe I can find some HBCU stuff, man, like a couple of Savannah State gear or something like that. Well, you're an alum. I am an so alum. I have no gear at all. <laughs> <laughs> so you're saying I got more Savannah State gear than you right now? Pro like, if I have real. one piece, then I, I got more? No, I, okay. I have a T-shirt and um, an old hoodie from mm -hmm. um, Homecoming. That's a Homecoming exclusive from 17. No, 16. My bad. But uh, I need more, you know, more apparel. Maybe I might go into their apparel store and, you know, grab a few things. So you have some then? Two things. Okay. Well, that's all right. Two's better than nothing. None. Better than nothing. Yeah, yeah, it's better than nothing. But, like, come on, you graduated there, dude. You know. Oh, I, I know what you mean. I, I don't think. I don't think I have any gear from where I graduated from, so we're all we're all good there. Anyways, <laughs> now that we're back on track, are we? Kinda. I'm about to take it back off track again, though. Okay, uh, right. that's where we thrive. We I got, think. no, we, no, we got a couple more days to sign up. Uh, we had a bunch of people register uh, this past Friday, and then over the weekend, this past Friday, we talked about something, Cam, that I think is very important. Valentine's Day is coming up. Oh yeah. Yep. Coming up on Monday of next week. So, guys, you got a week to get your significant other the gift they deserve. And flip that around, ladies, you have another week to get your significant other what they want, but also maybe to communicate with them and tell them what you might want. Uh, but we're going to take care of it for both sides of this because we have a giveaway that we're doing. All you have to do is call in and register. You don't have to uh, answer any questions. You don't have to give us an email. All you got to do, call in and say, hey, I want to register for this. And if you win, you get a spa day at Milan Day Spa in downtown Savannah and also a two-night stay on the Weston Jekyll Island. I mean, Cam? Am I able to sign yeah, up? Yeah, I was about to say, you got a significant other. If you drop that. Am I able to sign up? Unfortunately not. Unless you want, <laughs> unless you don't want to work anymore. 
which is completely oh, it, up to you. Wait, is she able to call? I, I think that's a, I think that's a little bit sketchy. Oh, wow, yeah, that's a weird. <laughs> but if loophole. she calls in under an assumed name, how would I know? That's the thing. That's the funny thing is like that's a loophole we don't have to deal with. But again, nine one two three four two seven one eight four. Be the hero this Valentine's Day. All you have to do is call in and give us your name, your phone number, and you have a chance to win. We're going to be selecting some finalists coming up either tomorrow or Wednesday, just seeing how the the flood of calls goes. If there's a bunch of people calling, it will probably extend it another day. But what we're going to do is on Friday, we're going to pick a winner. So you got a couple more days to register. 912-342-7184. Call in. Just give us your name and your phone number, and you will be entered for a chance to win again. A spa day at Milan Day Spa in downtown Savannah, and a two-night stay at the Westin on Jekyll Island. I mean, again, Cam. You get the flowers, you get the candy, but then you drop that on top. I mean, hey. you're goaded, right? Yeah, you're goaded. You're good to go. It's not. It's not. I don't want to hear no complaints for whoever went. No complaints. And I did this last week. To, you know, I'm gonna no. do it again. If you're listening right now, <laughs> and you're riding next to your significant other, and you're like, I'll, I'll do it later. You know you won't. Nah. You know you won't. You're gonna nah. forget. You're gonna get home. You're gonna get on TikTok, or you're gonna hop on Warzone, or you're gonna do something else, yeah. and you're gonna forget. Mm-hmm. So as you're in the car, and again, hands-free, we don't want anybody texting and driving or calling and driving, but don't procrastinate. We're here. We have pens and paper. We can take your phone number down right now. Ready we have go. a full office right now, which is stunning. That That is, it's, we're, we're, like I said, we're thriving. Man. Everyone's here today. Doing, so, doing all right. We're doing again, good. 912-342-7184. Call in to register. We'll be picking some finalists out in the coming days and then giving it away on Friday. But, guys, we got a Super Bowl coming up this weekend. Right. Joe Burrow versus Matt Stafford. Yep. You have that Rams defensive line against uh, yeah. a suspect. Against Joe Burrow. Bengals yeah. offensive line. <laughs> yeah, against Joe, uh, Joe Burrow's uh, agility yeah. is the best way to put that. How? What kind of sleep do you think quarterbacks get the night before they have to play Aaron Donald? None, especially. I'm sorry, but he's like unflappable when he gets in the game. But can you imagine having to prepare for this, like as Joe Burrow, knowing, you know how like quarterbacks, running backs, whatever, they go out after a big performance and and sometimes buy like their offensive mm-hmm. lineman dinner or something like that. He better be buying them dinner, like yeah. like every night this week. Like please, please God, if you can find anything down in there to try and block Aaron Donald for me. Or be a little bit better. Please do it. Okay, so... But no, I don't think he's getting any sleep. We were doing a football game this past fall, high school level, but there was a big-time lineman had offers from everywhere. Alabama, LSU, Florida State, stuff like that, right? The stuff that your your typical high school offensive lineman trying to block just ain't going to be able to handle. So we asked the coaches, we were like, what's the best way to deal with someone like that? And their answer was you don't, right? You can't overly focus resources to it. And it kind of reminded me of the Falcons played the Rams in the playoffs not too long ago, 2018. And uh, when they did, Aaron Donald was at his peak power, right? Yeah. They didn't try to block him. What they did was move the pocket. So Aaron Donald, they would kind of have an escort. I don't even want to call it a blocker. They just kind of had an escort. And the escort would be like, right this way, Mr. Donald. And he'd, he'd, (laughs) he'd walk him right back to where Matt Ryan was. But Matt Ryan at that point had kind of just navigated two or three steps to the right or two or three steps to the left. I think that's the only chance mm-hmm. the Bengals have because if they just try to play straight-up double-team with Aaron Donald, the Rams have good enough guys outside of Aaron Donald, like Leonard Floyd, to get after Joe Burrow. The one thing I respect about Joe Burrow, him and Chase and Higgins and Boyd, them boys said, you know, they have to play us. We ain't got to play them. So when asked, are you going to target, you know, Jamar Chase on 
Jalen Ramsey's like, well, Jalen Ramsey got to guard Jamar Chase. Yeah. That's what well, he saying, And Jalen Ramsey's yeah. gotten got oh, yeah. a oh. few times in this postseason, oh, yeah. which is going to happen. It's going to happen. Yeah. If you're the number one DB for your team, which means you're playing the number one receiver, it's yeah. going to happen. But Mike Evans, <clears> one on one with Jalen yeah. Ramsey in that playoff game, cooked him down the sideline. Yeah. So it's oh, like, yeah. and I, I, I think Jamar it. Chase is top five, top six wide receiver in the NFL right now. Wow. Yeah. He so, might be like top. Pushing top three, but certainly, yeah, certainly going into next Burrow's year. Losing his sleep, though, I really don't. I don't think he's look now. I think the offensive coordinator, because Joe Burrow is that confident, yeah. To where I, I'm like, I think he's fine, but his offensive coordinator and his head coach, they can't sleep at all because they're like, how are we going to protect Joe? Like Joe's going to do Joe things, run out the pocket, do crazy things, kind of on his Tony Romo stuff, because that's who he reminds me of a little bit, a better Tony Romo. Um, the way he just moves and kind of improvises. Is it because he wears number nine? Yes. Absolutely. Yeah, that too, because he wears number nine. But, I mean, he moves around kind of like him too, but obviously he's better. He got, you know, he has some playoff wins. In, uh, there you go. That's, a, that's a good point. He has some playoff wins. Mm-hmm. But, no, Joe Burrow, he's confident enough to where I don't think he's. Tony Rowe never sleep. went to a Super Bowl. He never went to the NFC no, yeah. Championship. He yeah. has I one playoff win. Yeah. Oh, he got one? one? Seattle. I, and I, I want to say forgot, they were injured. And I'm being honest, I forgot that he got one. Yeah, because I knew that was a story yeah. for a long time. But um, I don't, I don't know. I think once he, like I said, once he gets into the game, he's he's pretty unflappable uh, to begin with. But maybe losing a little. I don't, I don't know if anyone before the Super Bowl is sleeping soundly. You know what I mean? Like because even as the ultimate competitors, like you're ready to get out there and go, mm-hmm. uh, which which is exciting. But you're also like you're getting ready for it. So I don't know if anyone's just putting their head on the on the pillow and falling right asleep. But I, it. With, to your point, though, with the offensive lineman and just kind of the, the way they have to protect Burrow, it's even better that he has that kind of mobility and is that comfortable outside of the pocket as well. We've seen countless times how many times um, him able to run around for 10 seconds and find someone downfield, which is a credit to the wide receivers as well. I think he has three guys that are able to, to find space, uh, you know, six, yeah. seven seconds into a play. So uh, I, I think that's a really good point. And not like a, a normal offensive line, like a, a normal, like above average what offensive line. What is that? Can't deal. I'm a Falcons fan. I don't know what that means. Yeah, so. what? A yeah. normal offensive line. Like, I don't know. Never well, that's why I changed it. Yeah. I, I tried to change the word before I got that question. But um, no, I'm, I'm saying like even them, like an above average offensive line is obviously having a lot of trouble. <laughs> who do you think is so. more horrifying to play quarterback against? <clears throat> even if your offensive line is good, but we'll say with a suspect offensive line. Who do you think is more horrifying to play against, Aaron Donald or Indominus Sue? Aaron Donald. Uh, see, yeah, see, I feel like Aaron Donald is just like, he's physically just a freak, right? And he's so strong and so fast and just gets into the backfield. I feel like Indominus Sue wants to murder you. No, he does. Like, he, he, like he MF'ered Stafford Remember, in that divisional like round. Aaron, he, he doesn't, doesn't like Aaron Rodgers. He doesn't like anybody. Yeah, well, he don't like anybody. He doesn't like anybody. Any, but you see him off the field, looks like a super nice guy. He has kids, hanging out, smiling. That's how it should be. But though. gets on the field, and that dude is trying to do bodily harm to you. Yeah. Right? And it's just, it's and it seems like he's from a different era of football, right? Like, you don't really see the, like, guy out there with, like, bloodlust in his eyes anymore where there's like, cause it, there's kind of a commonality where it's like, we're all playing this violent game where we're all going to walk off with broken bodies at the end of our careers. And so we have some sort of camaraderie, no matter who the opponent is, we want to come out there. We're going to, we're going to give it our best physical effort, but we're also going to help each other up. No cheap shots. And Dominican Sue is out there for one reason. It is to, it is to put your quarterback out for the season. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying his goal, his goal is to cause 
season long injuries, oh, but, but you the, but you know, but you can't tell me and Dominican Sue's goal isn't to hurt your quarterback so bad that he's not effective against them anymore. That's how it's supposed to be though. You're supposed to get after the QB like that. Um I mean I think he's proved that uh, yeah. during during play and after play. So I mean that's that's kind of <laughs> but where see, it, like my thought yeah. has always been with the football team and you can criticize me and tell me I'm wrong. I think you need some guys like that. Yeah. Like you know you know I, like Georgia on their defensive yeah. line, you know who's like that? Jalen Carter. And I'd say Trevon Walker had a little bit of that yeah. too with their defensive line this year. Jordan Davis is a physical freak, but just I'm talking about that kind of like it's not going to be fun to play against me. Like I'm going to hurt you. I'm going to let you know that I'm going to hurt you. I'm going to smile about it yeah. when you when you're kind of limping back to the line just because of how much like stronger you, and badder than you like I am. Hesitant when you when yeah. I, yeah. I think I think Jalen Carter's going to get that look too, and I think Trevon Walker kind of like when Trevon Walker like massacred that pulling guard for Michigan. Yeah, that was just like him physically telling you, like, dude, you're in this for this. I all think day. there's a difference, though. I think that, and for sure, I completely agree. With, I, I know, like, I know, you're talking about the dirty side of it, but I, I kind of, no, it's like well, I, kinda, I, I agree. I think you need that too. Troy like, Palomalu and Cam Chancellor. Like, I know Troy Palomalu is better, but you wouldn't want to go. Hit no, but I think what PJ's Chancel, talking though. about is like <laughs> stepping on stepping on a dude's chest, like after a play. Yeah, yeah, I think that's a very different story. Like, there's a mental and a physical part to it. I think you talk about like, okay. Well, whatever. I like. I'm. I'm not gonna say <laughs> I'm a dirty person, but I like dirty football to its stint. A dirty football play to its stint, like where the person's not getting too hurt, but it's like you're out there, like you're hitting, like you're just sending the message. I think I it like can. It can be like hard that. to not sending it. That's the thing. Is like <laughs> you. You say these things like sending a message. On the football field can be a lot different than like stepping on a dude's calves like, with cleats on. Like, like that, that's Sean that's Taylor a problem. In that like Pro that, Bowl where he hit the kick of that, the punt of that hard. That's what's up. I, I, I love that. That's what's up. Uh, that's what's up. It's a, uh, hey, that's if you're fine. gonna play like, in the punt, game, good for you. Don't I, play through the motion. Like I love Sean. Not I love Sean, Sean Taylor. That guy was a monster, but it's also a punter. But look, like, I'm it, not good, playing. You're saying punters aren't people? No, I mean no, but they're. And different <laughs> punters are also very different athletically. No, that we're not talking about punters. We're not talking about punters. Built for that. All I'm right? not going to allow any and, and seconds of this show to be Sean Taylor demolishing a punter. I'm sorry. Like, I know I hold him in very high regard, obviously. That's not going to impress me, <laughs> well, we man. I see why. Like, and I, even then, even then, I, th- I still yeah. think that's different than seeing a dude on a pile and seeing a leg exposed or something exposed or whatever and stepping on it. Like, that. that's, again, that's different. Like, that's true. That physical mental. Cody, Cody, Cody's agreeing with you. He says, "No, I got a son. I'm trying to teach. Play clean. Dirty play is lame. Listen. Uh, no, 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 no. All I'm saying is, right you here. can get there. No, 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 no. You can get there mentally and physically without the the BS nah, stuff. Dude, the I need, play. I, I, you, these are. There, I think there's a difference between Pee Wee football in Florida and the oh, National and, Football and League, it. where dudes are playing for salaries and their in their homes and stuff. Like those dudes are going to war every. Single Sunday for you. Were you mad? I know it became a. I want to say a legal thing. Were you mad about Bounty Gate with the Saints? Then I think putting money on hurting people is bad. Weird. Like I said, I don't think the goal. I don't. I don't think the goal is to cause like like if somebody grabs a leg and like kind of crocodile rolls it to try Mm -hmm. to like tear a ligament. Yeah, that's 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 beyond the pale, right? But if Indomitian Sue takes a 200-pound quarterback, drives him into the ground, and then kind of gives him that extra shove and that full body weight yeah. on the ground and maybe, like, drags his thigh across yeah. his face as he's getting back up. That's football. Or just a yeah, little that's, tap that's on the helmet with the shoe. I mean, that, that's, that's something that's fine too. Like, now, like, if that's, a quarterback's, like, too. hands, like, kind of laying out on the side and you, like, purposely step on a hand, 
yeah, you should be thrown out of the game or probably suspended for, for like a long that, time. And that's the but I'm talking that he's about done. like in the NFL now, you cannot do like my favorite thing in football is when you lay somebody out, obviously clean. We're not here for targeting, but when right. you when you when you physically dominate somebody else and then they do the crawl mm. over the top of them, yeah, where you know football. there's kind yeah. of some there's some body parts and some legs in your face <laughs> that you don't necessarily want in your face. Yeah, that's what's up. Right, like I, I'm I'm for that. And Cody, if you want your kid to throw the ball to the ref and just like walk directly to the sideline and then just stand there and stare out there, you could be that dad, man. I, I kind of want my kid to do a little bit of dab in the end zone, maybe a Gronk spike. It is what it is. We got to take a quick break. We'll come back with more right here on Second Down. Second Down on ESPN Radio is presented to you by the Uniform Source. We have a couple of our good friends text us during the break. First one, uh, your brother, oh, nice. saying if anybody ever did that to PJ, they uh, might be meeting Mario in the parking lot. So. Makes we sense. understand that you support each other as brothers, but I also, Mario, you get absolutely drugged by Indomitian Sue. Uh, number two, Cody writing back in, defending his claim that he doesn't want his kid to do that. Again, it is what it is. I still think the refs, I know what game you're talking about, Cody, still think those refs were a little overzealous. Let the kids spike the ball. Uh, big show coming up on three and out next. I'll catch up with Demetrius Harvey to break down the Jags hirings that they have going on and to look ahead at the upcoming draft. All that coming up next right here on ESPN.